Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Post-Acute Advisor podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in, and please be sure to check out our website, postacuteadvisor.blr.com, for all of your post-acute care news and information, including future podcasts. My name is Sarah Bostrom-Shock, and I'm one of HD Pro's post-acute content specialists. With us today are attorneys Todd Selby and Sean Fahey with Hall, Render, Killian, Heath, and Lyman, PC, to speak about avoiding lawsuits at your SNF. Please be sure to check out our in-depth 60-minute deep dive um, into the topics we'll be speaking about today in an upcoming web webinar, Protect Your SNF Against Lawsuits, on March 15th. Topics in the webinar will include risk management strategies on how to reduce the risk of litigation based on actual COVID cases filed against post-acute care providers, CMS-focused infection control surveys rem and remedies initiated by CMS as a result of these surveys, and how to appeal the deficiency cited, general overview of state immunity laws, what they protect and what their limitations are, and OSHA survey activity targeted against post-acute care advisors. A link to the registration for the webinar will, will be included in the show notes. Sean, Todd, I wanna thank you for being on with us. As always, SNFs are vulnerable to lawsuits by residents and their families. So let's talk about a lawsuit or two you've encountered and advise on how SNFs can could have reduced their risk for litigation. Thanks, Sarah. Um, you know, I, I think really one of the things, and, and we're going to go into this in much greater detail um, during the webinar, but instead of like focusing on one case, I'd kind of like to highlight the things that we're seeing. Um, and because I think people get lulled into the fact that the only cases that are being filed are wrongful death, death type cases. And I think it's important, you know, first and foremost to say, why are these cases being filed? And, and you know, as we'll get into in the webinar, there have been thousands of cases, COVID-related cases filed, um, not all against nursing homes, not all against healthcare providers. But it's just showing that, you know, when there's supply and demand and there's a great demand to file lawsuits right now because of the tragic impact that COVID has had on long-term care facilities that, you know, naturally you're going to see more litigation. And with the advent of more litigation, there's going to be more creative types of lawsuits. So, again, I mean, I'm going to highlight some of the cases that, that we've seen. Um, and, and put a little more emphasis on what I think to be um, some of the more important types of things and, and some of the cases that I think or types of litigation um, have against the long-term care facility world. You know, again, we're, you know, if you think of wrongful death, we're thinking of loved ones, residents of nursing facilities who have caught COVID and they have passed away and their families want retribution against the facility. Um, those are obviously going to be the most common types of lawsuits that we see. But you're also going to see, and I think a lot of long-term care providers are just focused on the wrongful death aspect of this. They're not looking uh, at the fact that perhaps there have already been a number of cases filed by employees against facilities for lack of PPE and that type of thing. And again, there's specific case law out there that we, we will address, but I think long-term care providers need to be aware of those types of cases. Um, 
you know, and and another thing is is that that I I see we've seen a lot of activity in the survey and enforcement world um, by CMS. Now that's not your normal run of the mill civil litigation, but we're seeing astronomical fines um, levied against long term care facilities. Um, for violations of infection control protocol um, due to the focused infection control survey. So, you know, I, I think that the, the long-term care facilities, again, don't focus just on the wrongful death. There's gonna be a multitude of ways that, uh, and types of litigation that is going to be filed against long-term care facilities. Um, you know, and the administrative litigation is one aspect of that. I mean, it's separate and apart from any civil litigation that's gonna be filed against the facility. Um, one thing that would really worry me, and again, we'll get into this in the webinar, that would really worry me as a long-term care provider is, is you're starting to see class actions against facilities. Um, and, and what is happening is, is, you know, obviously it's a class action. So you get a number of plaintiffs that are seeking litigation against a particular facility. So you're not just defending against one plaintiff, you're defending against multiple plaintiffs. And these types of class actions can have a, a terrible, horrible impact on small facilities. Um, Another thing that we're seeing is, is, is I think long-term care providers need to be worried about our federal Department of Justice initiatives. Now that's not litigation in the traditional sense, but the Department of Justice is going to be seeking, um, has already sought information from some of the larger nursing home providers um, out there. So, you know, and again, we're gonna focus on many of these things when we, we actually do the webinar, but what I want to impart in, in, in the podcast today is don't just be thinking of litigation in the traditional sense. Um, and, and so because there's like, like I said, the, the employee litigation, the DOJ, the administrative litigation, um, everybody's firing all on all cylinders right now and long-term care facilities are the target of that. So what we're gonna talk about um, in the webinar as well, in addition to a much more in-depth analysis of these types of litigation being filed are some of the risk management strategies that long-term care providers can take in defending lawsuits and quite, quite frankly, preventing lawsuits. So I'm gonna turn that piece over to Sean right now. Thanks, Todd, and thanks, Sarah, for uh letting us join the, the podcast today. Um, as Todd mentioned, uh, the cases and threats uh, have left a lot of our providers to reassess their practices and identify new COVID issues and operations that are really the platform of these risks. Uh, the cases show who's gonna bring actions against them. Is it residents, families, staff, or as Todd mentioned, even administrative actions against a facility. Uh, the key issue for each of those is really what was the provider's responsibility. Uh, and as a business, as an operator, one of your business considerations need to, needs to be how can we minimize or mitigate our risk? 
And we'll, we'll talk about a number of specific actions and practices that you can take or you need to be tuning into that we're seeing that providers take right now and we're recommending to providers during our, during our webinar. But just a couple I wanna mention here uh, that we're gonna unpack during our talk uh, is the first is really the frontline mitigation strategies has always been insurance. And we've seen providers really struggle with insurance recently. And that field has evolved dramatically over the past 12 months. And even before COVID arrived, that field was, was changing. The, the, the sands were shifting. Uh, early 2020, we were seeing and hearing pre premiums were being increased. Uh, and this was already an industry that was heavily hit and hit hard by increasing claims, shrinking capacity, and then COVID and the global pandemic hits. So we were hearing in, now we're hearing and heard last year increases of premiums 20 to 40%, increased deductibles 25 to $100,000, all while carriers were leaving the market. So we're beginning to see, and we'll share this during our webinar, some more developments in that front, but the basic coverages have evolved last year. They evolved quickly to provide for several types of exclusions, uh, communicable disease exclusions, COVID exclusions, pandemic exclusions. And we'll have an update on what we're seeing currently uh, during in that field for our webinar. So the, the risk mitigation strategy of insurance has evolved dramatically for providers. But we'll, we'll also unpack a number of issues, practices, steps that providers can focus on uh, and, and really make part of their new lifestyle because one of the things we've emphasized to our clients is, is this is a new lifestyle. This is, this is not just a temporary plan for a momentary emergency. This is, these are practices that, that we think are gonna be wise to address and look forward to. But one risk mitigation strategy is really emphasizing communication with uh, the families and residents within your facility. Uh, we've seen providers have great success in adding messaging and communication to their practices. So be emails, websites, uh, to add a level of transparency and really bond and connect with the families. Um, but one of the risk mitigation strategies that providers also need to be thinking about, and we've seen that are, that's gonna be critical going forward, is that um, the, the cases that even Todd mentioned, thousands of cases are being filed now, but the majority of these cases are gonna be filed over the next year or two years. So this is, this is the first wave of cases that we're seeing now. And we know that plaintiff's firms are being trained and honing their skills to be able to put these cases together now. They're just getting their, their rhythm going. So, one of the key emphasis for providers is documentation. That what they document today is gonna to be important going forward. Uh, again, the pandemic is not just a blip on the screen, it's, it's a way of life for providers. And as a result, the documentation of your actions, uh, of what's going on in the community, what's going on in your city or state are gonna be, uh, going be important. And what happened at various times, because we know the pandemic hit different areas at uh, different times and they hit it more dramatically. So we've got those types of documentations that we've seen uh, providers begin to round up 
and get stay organized on, but it's critical because there's so much that changed. We have regulatory changes. We had uh, the, the stretch and breadth of the, of the pandemic that occurred. So documentation today and a good practice as to keeping that together uh, and, and capturing it is going to, to be critical to the success of any type of risk mitigation when these lawsuits occur in a year or two years. So I'm gonna turn it back to Todd for any final thoughts and, and Sarah, if you have any, any questions for us. Yeah, you touched on um, how SNFs can expect to get wrongful death suits, which is something that they've always dealt with. Um, but could you touch on what kind of class action lawsuits they might be seeing in the next year or two? Yeah, I'll address that, Sarah. The, the, the main types of class actions you're going to see is you're going to see, let's just use, I mean, I think there's a facility in the Northeast that is has a class action against it right now. Instead of seeing, you know, one plaintiff in these types of cases, I mean, as we know, um, in many long-term care facilities, there were um, COVID outbreaks, you know, not not just one person was impacted, but many people were impacted, and and you know many, and there were there were deaths as a, that arose from this. Um, so you're going to get bands of plaintiffs um, come together to go after long-term care facilities. Now I saw one interesting class action case. Um, and again, we'll go into this uh, in more detail, is where um, an advocacy group actually filed litigation against the, the health department of a particular state for not aggressively enforcing the, the survey and enforcement regulations, um, the requirements of participation to prevent facilities from instituting poor practices. So, you're going to see a lot of creative lawsuits. Um, and I think that that that, that long-term care facilities may have the ability to turn the tables on uh, the litigation. Um, as we know, many states have forced long-term care facilities to cohort or to take on COVID types of, of, of residents. So, you know, I think, you know, it's kind of a long-winded answer about what types of class actions we'll see, but basically it's just going to be bands of plaintiffs coming together to go after long-term care facilities and perhaps even chains of long-term care facilities, but that might be a little bit more difficult. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you, Sean and Todd, for being on with us, and thank you for, to our listeners for joining today. Please be sure to check out our website for future podcasts and check out the link in the show notes for our upcoming webinar on this topic.